Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. I'll talk to y'all after a while. Welcome to the LPN Show. Yeah! Yes, that's what we do. I'm Carolina Doggo, and I'm here with Holden McNeilan. What's up? Because, Holden, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time about Star Trek. Yes. And then you told me that you're more of a fantasy <laughs> Star Wars guy. Well, the reason why I'm probably going to have you uh, uh, be a guest, I was actually just talking about this with Jake, because uh, we were doing fan Q&A for a Patreon episode, and someone asked, like, what are the ep- what are episodes you're the most intimidated to do for Wizard and the Bruiser? And one of my answers is Star Trek The Next Generation because it is both so highly regarded and so beloved and I respect that so much. And at the same time, I do not have the wealth of knowledge. I have not yet taken that moment in my year to say, Lex, we're going to finally watch these dang beloved episodes of this show. So Wyatt will probably have you guest on that episodes for, for Wizards and the Bruiser, which you have. This is how enthusiastic Carolina is, by the way. I've never had anyone do this before, except for, for Star Trek, which, by the way, a, a, another friend of mine also asked specifically to be a guest. Um, but you're in the network, so you get, uh, you get top priority, Carolina. Ooh. But you specifically, with unprompted, Hey, Holden, I please let me be a guest on the Star Trek The Next Generation episode for Wizard of the Bruiser. And I was like so touched and so pleased that you you want to, uh, you're that enthusiastic, you want to be a part of it. Um, but I guess we could start there because yeah. it's something that I've never uh, uh, truly, you know, had those defining years of experience with this incredible program that people just cannot seem to, (laughs) I'm just going to say it, can't seem to get over it. Yeah. It happened so long ago and they just can't seem to move on with their lives past it. No, that's true. The first time I asked you if I could ever come on and talk about Star Trek was about 2019. Yeah. And then again around 2020. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, fuck it. We'll just make it. We'll just do it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Or or at least a little bit. But I do want to have you on. I do want to have you on. And I do want to do this episode, hopefully this year, if not this year, definitely. I guess we are getting to the end of this fucking year, aren't we? Oh my God, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. (laughs) You're going to have a baby and a nervous breakdown. I'm going to have a baby too. I feel like that's going to be like a time travel device. And all of a sudden it's going to be Christmas, essentially. I'm going to have this baby and then I'm going to blink and it'll be Christmas. But um, that said, I would love to have you guest on our Star Trek episode. And we actually have done a Star Trek episode. I, I should correct this. Oh, really? We did an episode on the initial run of Star Trek. Okay, the, the, the original series. Yeah, the Shatner years. All right, okay, those are the TOS. Yes. That's what we call them. So, okay, so good. You, <laughs> the you're, terms you're of getting service. There. Yeah, <laughs> yes, the TOS. <laughs> and then next gen or TNG, like whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, people call it all kinds of things. And it really, I know I can understand how it looks really hard because there are just, there's just so much of it. But when you get into it, you realize a lot of episodes are kind of the same idea. And okay. it's, it's very yeah, similar. Oh, right. In the first run, in that first run. Yeah. Oh, and even in next gen, you know, and then you get to Deep Space Nine. You might like that one a little bit because okay. it's got a little bit of mysticism, which has got a little bit of fantasy involved. You know, and you're clear. Yes, you were hitting on something we also briefly talked about before we started recording, which is, yes, I am coming from a sort of fantasy background <laughs> of nerddom. And you're coming from more of a sci-fi. And lately, the streams have been crossing for me, right? Especially when my my little friend, Henry, 
forces me to read through all of Dune. Yes. Uh, Carolina, yes, which was um, <laughs> challenging. I remember those were least. three hard months for you. <laughs> it was. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, yeah, that was difficult. That was maybe... Man, I okay, well, let, let's let's but let's take it back to Star Trek the Next Generation. Give me the elevator pitch. I am in a suit. We are in an elevator. You're like a You're an ensign. You're a scrappy uh scrappy little nobody in this scenario, you know what I mean? You <laughs> snuck into the building. You've got like soot marks and you've got to you've got to convince me billionaire Holden McNeely <laughs> on my way up to the top floor of this very tall building to uh, fully invest in Star Trek The Next Generation. So you're pretty much the next uh, level of, uh, I guess you'd say, a, a Lu- Lucy Arnaz. Yes. I guess. From I Love Lucy, <laughs> who did give the studios to fund the original series, and then hence the whole, we yes. have heard the thing. Yes. St. Lucy. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you're the next Lucy. I like this. I like this. Reincarnated. <laughs> and so the really, it, the whole broad scope of, the whole, point of it is trying to to go do something good like you're actually sticking your nose in something as opposed to fantasy when usually things happen to you and then you have to go on an adventure the on star trek greatest adventure had. <laughs> yeah i'm a huge huge fan of the animated hobbit go on <laughs> this is going great by the way <laughs> and <laughs> And and you go because you're trying to seek like truth and knowledge and, and and you're trying to like learn a little bit about others and yourself at the same time. And that's just ba- the basic concept. Right. So you're actually going out there and doing it like how how they go on a seven year mission like Star Trek does uh, to go make contact with other societies. And that's all they do. And then they just try to fix things and then they get blamed for most of it. <laughs> and they learn Star something Trek. along the way. Right. I think what was difficult for me was maybe my childhood brain couldn't understand. Like, I understand a quest. I uh, I understand, like, a there's this big evil wizard man, and we have to. We're tiny little men, right? Or And whatever. Not a lot of women in these scenarios because of fantasy. You know, back in the day, they didn't. But now they're better about it, right? I am no man. <laughs> right? They have that moment. I could, Shout I out could to see Eowyn. how the fantasy nerds are, are having a great time with their voices <laughs> and the LARPing. But but all that is to say, like, and, and then even the sci-fi that I came up on, which was Star Wars, it's so melodrama, right? Yeah. It is just good versus evil. There's just this big evil entity and we have to combat it. And that exists in Star Trek, but I think, but it's not really the point. And I think now that I'm older, I think this point of Star Trek is way cooler yes. in hindsight. But unfortunately, I don't have just that experience. I don't, just my dad didn't watch it, right? Isn't that the situation for a lot of people? You're I know mad that's at your like dad now. I am mad I at my dad I knew we'd end up here. Yeah, exactly. Uh- <laughs> I, I, but, but you know, my, I had no parent who watched it or older brother who watched it. And that's a lot of times that's the gateway, especially for Star Trek, right? Because it can be a little impenetrable. Like for me as a kid, because I, I remember episodes would come on and I was just like, I just don't understand this. And I think it was harder for me to understand a wholesome show that had just like really intelligent things to say about the meaning of life or what it is to be a good person or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I didn't understand that as a concept. All I understood was like, mean man gets destroyed by tiny, be- tiny wizard. You know what I mean? And then that's it. And that's the game we play. Just good, evil, let's do this thing. 
And of course, now I find that stuff to be a little more boring, and which is why I feel like I am maybe ready for my Star Trek phase. Right. You're ready for... The, I, I totally understand, because Star Trek ha- kind of goes a little bit beyond that in the sense of it's not necessarily good and evil. Now it gets a little bit more complicated. Now it becomes like, what is good? What is evil? Yes. Are we butting our noses in other societies? What's the prime directive? You know, about, you know, respecting other people's kinds of cultures and what is the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. It's a lo- always a lot more complex other than like, defeat the evil. We are the good. So are you accusing the enterprise of being the first ever cultural appropriators? Um, <laughs> I'm just saying that they're trying. They're trying their best. They were the white guys in dreadlocks before white guys in dreadlocks. Is (laughs) that what you're saying to me right now, Carolina? They're wearing pajamas all day long. So one thing that I love doing on Wizard and the Bruiser, which is why I want to ask you this question, we call it the gush, right? Our own personal experience with the entity, right? So, uh, and we can get into my own stuff with me, like I guess Star Wars or whatever. But for you, what what, was there a person that shepherded, shepherded you into... Uh, Star Trek, how did you discover it? How did you find it? How old were you? All these things. What What, what was the deal? How? What, when did it come to be in your life? It really wasn't a single person. I it didn't have a father or an older brother that was into it. It really is, and I think it does happen to a lot of kids at, at, around that time, especially during syndication years, is that Star Trek went on exactly at the time that I came home from school. Yeah. And that's it was just timing. It really was. You come home from school, you turn on the TV, oh, look, there's Star Trek. And then next thing you know, you're doing that Monday through Friday. Next thing you know, you're going through all the episodes. And then when you get older and you see they're all on Netflix, you go through the whole thing. You go through the whole (laughs) original series and Deep Space Nine. My whole hypothesis was that there's always someone that gets someone into Star Trek. And for you, it was just on. Well, what the fuck? What what happened to Animaniacs and Tiny Toons? <laughs> I was coming home from school. I was watching television. But all of my television was, yeah, like uh, Batman the Animated Series. And were you just not a cartoon kid? Or were you? is this a little bit older as well? This is like 11. I loved Animaniacs. Like that, that was like my source of humor. But it just happens. Uh, maybe I'm just lazy. Huh. I'm not a channel surfer. Yeah. I you turn just it have- on. And it happens to just be on. Did you have cable? Yes. This is an interesting thing too. A lot. I would just an episode with uh, Jackie where we talked about uh, called Talk of TV for our page seven Patreon where we talked about. Uh, usually we talk about the TV we've been watching that week, but we decided for one episode let's talk about the TV that we like were growing up on, right? And uh, I realized like a lot of the. A lot of your like connection to nostalgic television really depends on a lot of technological and proximity stuff. And what I mean by that was, yes, I had a television in my room at one point, pretty early on, but it literally had, like, the top had a button for every channel. That's how old school this was. Like, (laughs) 1 through, like, 12, I think, or something, or, like, 1 through 10. And, like, so to go to channel 9, you would hit the button that said 9 on it. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, that's how old school we're talking. I mean, I had a super old TV, And so the only TV that had cable on it was in the family room. Now, that dictates a lot, the high-traffic family room. So I'm not watching maybe some of my more, like, cartoon influences growing up are are only on, like, the basic-ass channels, right? Okay, yeah. What was Star Trek on? Was it on, wasn't it, like, the WB or, like... Well, I I don't know, 
All I was there a singing frog involved <laughs> in your Star Trek? No, memories? that was was a dancing singing cartoon frog. That was definitely Animaniacs. I remember that and Freakazoid, yeah, which Freakazoid. I enjoyed. But I but remember, I grew up in Mexico. Yes, and so Mexico, they would just give you certain programs, uh, uh, just a random programs. They'd be like, "Here's Ned and Stacy," and then Star Trek. So it's like interesting. We also did not have a choice. It's whatever the Mexican. Uh, programming director of that time decided was good for after school. And that's where we're getting to it. That's why I have a completely different like television protocol. I don't even remember Star Trek necessarily being on, but it was definitely like when I was a kid, right? So I think for me more, if anything, before the parents came home, I had access to that downstairs TV, right? And I think I found Comedy Central pretty early on. I don't know how early, but I think that was a big part of my afternoon. It was that, and then it was like the animated shows, Tiny Toons, Batman and uh, Darkwing Duck. <gasps> Fuck it. Right? Yes. Yes. Because he was so cool. Like he was, I, I loved it when they were cool and almost edgy. Yes. And, and that's what it felt. It felt dark, even though it's just a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. And and I liked any anybody that was a little bit off anyone who wasn't you know conventional and Darkwing Duck was definitely weird the, right the, the trench coat mafia guy of the school <laughs> and and I loved it I loved that show <laughs> and and Next Generation just happened to be there and it was just like a a lot of bottle episodes right. a, a lot of just we're in this carpeted room and we're trying to figure out a problem <laughs> and it's not as easy as you think it is right and and then and of course there is some melodrama in it of course you know Worf has a crush on this person and then he has a kid and all, all these things happening and so it's enough soap opera but it's also a lot of figuring out how to get out of problems. Right. And that's something that's helpful when you're about 11, 12, 13 years old. You, you're trying to navigate your way through the world and in space. Now, the other thing I know about The Next Generation is that there are also, every now and again, these episodes that are like, will make you cry, will make you, like, will give you some deep, like, you know, you'll have that whoa kind of like moment afterwards where you kind of have to sit with it for a little bit. Did that, did you experience that as a kid? And were there any standout episodes for you or are there any today that you're like, man, this, I think there's one that has to do with time travel and Spock growing old. Oh, is that one? Uh, a next gen one. Yeah. Oh, uh, the one where Spock comes in. Yeah. Maybe or not Spock or somebody. I, f- I feel like there was one where like somebody grows old or they can't grow old. Anyways, I digress. I haven't seen the show. Where, <laughs> did you have any of those moments? Growing up or today that is like, oh, this one just speaks to me. Oh, it happens every time I finish it. (laughs) That's the thing. I watch the whole thing. I get to the end. Sometimes I don't even watch the end because I know what's going to happen. I'm just going to cry because I can't even tell you the end. Okay. But it ends. It's a nice book end. It's a book end with Picard. And and, and because you're following Picard the whole time and you love him because everything he says makes sense. He's like the dad you want. Okay. Now we're getting to it too. Yeah, exactly. the father figure. Yes, exactly. In the show too. Yeah, yeah. He 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 tries to do his best. He's trying to figure things out, but still he's still himself, but he also recognizes his own shortcomings. Like he doesn't know how to get along with children. So he gets stuck in an elevator shaft with a bunch of kids <laughs> and there are the, the the ship's about to explode and so he has to work with the kids. He makes them his lieutenants and they work their way out of a problem and then at the end he realizes, you know what? They're just little people. <laughs> That's all they are. And and it's great. Oh, this is good for me to hear. This is important for me to hear right now. Yes. Uh, as a father to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, all you have to do is be in like a very, very scary, dangerous situation. You know, 
That is funny though, because that you say that to to digress a little bit. Because I will say, I always felt awkward around kids. And I had this breakthrough one time. I went with a friend of mine. We had to take it was a coworker slash friend of mine, and we had to take the boss's daughter to a, like to lunch because I guess they were in a meeting or something. And and it was this little girl. <laughs> And we sat down, and for the first time ever, I just talked to her as if she was just like a coworker, essentially. Yeah. And and I I was saying to my friend leading up to it, I was telling her I was like, I'm bad with kids. Just I just know this. Like I suck at it. I don't understand why. Blah 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 blah. And then just something clicked, and I sat down. I was joking around with her and just talking to her like she was normal, like a adult. And and I had this oh shit moment. Like wait, was this child like? Four? Like young, very young, very young for sure. Yeah. Like, How old exactly? I need to know. I don't know age with, I don't, I'm bad with birthdays. I'm bad with names. I cannot age children whatsoever. I, four, maybe little. She was little. Okay. She was little and she was, you know, she's a dumb little kid, right? Just, a, you know, uh, like whatever, right? She was, just, no, she was fine. She was normal. She was really cute. Probably but, struggling to cut her meat. Yeah, told yeah, yeah. And I was just like <laughs> kind of sna- snappy and talking and joking. And I'm like, oh yeah, I bet kids kind of hate when you go, hey, oh, you like, look at your shoes. You like your shoes. You know what I mean? You're right. I don't think they like being talked to like that. I don't think anybody wants to be talked to like that. Maybe a baby baby. Yeah, like a baby they, baby. They need to hear the high pitch. And it sounds... Just like me. <laughs> you just become, you know, Judge Doom from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm sorry, that's in my brain right now because we just did a Wizard in the Bruiser on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, by the way, that movie holds the fuck up. Yes, it does. Holy Watch shit, it every year. that movie's... Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And this time around, I was way more because we were doing a making of, you know, Wizard in the Bruiser episode. So I paid so much more attention to like all the little tricks they used with like lighting and shading and shadow with the animation that's like, all these little things like purposely having like an animated character pass a red light so that you saw drawn on to the character a sheen of like red lighting. Wow. Kind of hit them. You did take notes. Oh, I took notes. Oh, we all take notes. Carolina, by the way, you guys, I in preparation for this episode, I did some work. I had not listened to any no dogs yet. And um I lately just also happened to kind of be hitting a Beastie Boys. Phase. Oh, oh, good. So I, I threw on you guys' BC Boys series, and absolutely fantastic. Oh. I was scared to listen to it because I feel like you guys always outdo uh, any effort I could ever make in terms of research and prep for an episode, and it shows. <laughs> you guys kill are killing it on that thing. Thank and you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's re- really, really good stuff, um, and really enjoyable for me. I've been such a, I, I realize now like, oh yeah, I've like always been like a big Beastie Boys fan and like just love their vibe. And you guys are explaining why as I never, I, I forgot that like how they came from that punk scene and then like turned it and spun it into the hip hop thing. And um, I think one of my favorite things about it, and we can get back to Star Trek and everything is like, I always forget like the whole mixing and scratching music together and connecting that to being on one of those New York streets that we've all been in now uh, where you just hear music coming out of every window and it's all completely different and it's all melding together and how that would like connect to what DJs do with turntables and like different yeah, music styles. Exactly. I think that's just so cool. Anyways. Yeah, that that is very much like Star Trek, actually. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's bring right. it in. Yeah, I'm yeah. bringing it back. I'm bringing it back because, you know, the, the different genres of music and, and everyone just kind of happens to be in the same place. Uh, it, it, you know, New York City, in that sense, is a lot like Star Trek where there's different kinds of uh, 
you know, beings. There's yes, humanoids and, and backgrounds, right? Yeah. And they come together and sometimes they clash and other times they kind of find a way to work together or or they use it for, for good, you know, like how they have a Klingon, they have Worf, uh, you know, as their security. Oh, the, the guy, the, he's supposed to do security, but no one really listens to him and he's just a little bit of a hothead. But it's good that they're very inclusive, you know, and eventually later on they, they let a Ferengi in. That's more... Uh, Deep Space Nine, and that and Ferengis used to be their enemies, and Klingons used to be the enemies, and only just what 70, 80 years go by, and they're just like we totally forgot about that. It's totally fine. You're cool. Come on in with us, and that's what it is. It's all about like trying to do the best they can. No one is trying to fight evil off. Everyone's just trying to maintain some sort of order, which is obviously the Federation. So my question to you now is, and I actually thought this earlier, and then I was like, nah, 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 nah. And now I actually think it more so based on what you just said. Is Star Trek not Sesame Street for adults? <laughs> you know what? It, there are lessons better, to learn. It should be. It's about a com- bunch of people kind of all put together on this instead of like a street in a ship. <laughs> and they're going on these different missions, but it's more about like the lessons that they're learning by tr- attempting to, I don't know, count like a vampire. <laughs> Maybe that's you're, reach, you're, actually you're on to something because it is how to work in a, a in a close relationship with coworkers, with lovers, with mentors. So you're absolutely right in a way. It's a, it's about trying to work together because sometimes you have no choice but to work with a bunch of people, and some of them might be a little rude, <laughs> and that's what you have to deal with. Um. Also, all right, so next thing because I want to get into my Star Wars thing, and then yes. we can kind of match them up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, let's but, do that. Before we get into that, I actually two questions for you before we before we put the onus on me and Star Wars. Uh, and that is a uh, uh, number one. What do you think about like the newer incarnations of Star Trek? I'm talking about the f- the movies because hilariously enough, the only thing I've really seen is the most Star Warsy uh, thing in Star Trek, which would be those newer movies that oh, came yeah, out. I feel yeah, like yeah. they're the most like Star Wars, like out of anything. Um, and then also, do you see the show differently than you did when you were a kid? Okay. Two different questions. Right. Yeah, like how does the show match stack up now rewatching as an adult as opposed to like, like, hey, we just talked about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like there are a million jokes about like drinking and sex that like went completely over my head as a kid yeah. that I completely got this time around watching it. So maybe not in that vein, but still like... What was it like uh, between then and now? And then also, and also, I'm just noticing the Star Wars poster behind you, but either way. Oh, I forgot to put that down. Uh, <laughs> you traitor. This is a Star Wars and a Star Trek household right here. <laughs> we know this. I mean, remember, I walked down the aisle uh, at my wedding. That is true. Uh, to the Deep Space Nine piano <laughs> concerto yes, soundtrack. That is true. So. Uh, so yes, very much. So Star Trek for me, how it holds up now is like what you said with uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where uh, you get a lot more nuance and you understand a lot more things. When before it's just like, oh, this is cool. I just I just like Guinan. I just like the uh, you know Whoopi Goldberg's a bartender. That sounds like fun. And they're just a bunch of friends who try to work together on on cool nerdy shit like. George, you know, they're trying to work out like the engineering. They're trying to get uh, this, you know, this these people who are enslaved under caves, like you know, their their own freedom, their own autonomy, and things like that. And it makes more sense as you get older because you lose your naivete, mm-hmm. and it's no longer like oh, just 
people in fun costumes and, and everything like that. The diplomacy probably is speaks a lot louder to you. Or, yeah. Or the, like, the mirror of what they're kind of trying to say about our world and about our politics and stuff like that, right? I bet exactly. that stands out better. Yeah. So it's, it's like if everyone could just watch a little Star Trek from time to time, maybe this world might be a better place. You never know. But I think so. It can't do any harm. <laughs> That's all I got to say. And also, I love the fact that uh, there is also no dumb issues, uh, social issues so much as more like bigger problems to deal with other than like, oh, you're a girl. Like there's none of that. Uh, at least, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe the original series. To, to, to drive a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's none of that. People can look any way they can. There, There's people with different faces because they're, you know, they're different kinds of forms and it doesn't make a difference. It's just everyone, if you're good enough at your job, that's what you do. If, if if you're a pleasant person to hang out with, that's that's totally fine. No one is judged based on their appearance. It must have almost been deceiving to watch it as a kid and then to get into the real world and see the how much more unequal in, in right. uh, working environments and things are, right? It's almost like... Because it does kind of... Ha- it's almost... It is an ideal. To a more eye-rolly extent, like the, how the West Wing is a depiction of like this beautiful, like liberal ideal of American politics in the White House and stuff, right? With their walking and their talking. So it is becoming a fantasy show. Yeah. Over time. Yeah, over time and more and more. It was a show <laughs> that was like, oh, this is a... Yeah, this is this the next is... step in our society. And right. then we realize we have a lot to learn. Like like the woman on the spaceship is getting paid equally amount, uh, an equal amount as the man on the spaceship. And that's just immediately uh, untrue for our reality, right? So, <laughs> yeah. And most working environments. What about the newer, uh, you know, I guess, is it J.J. Abrams helmed? Yeah. Uh, newer Star Trek. What did you think about that stuff? I enjoyed it as like a fun blo- blockbuster. Does it stack up to things you loved about the show? Is Do you kind of look at it differently? Do you dislike it? Do you like it? Oh, it's fun. I like it. Oh. I like it a lot. I think it's really fun. It's very, I mean, of course, it's different in so many ways, uh, but it's really fun. And it's actually, if anything, a good way to get the newer, the younger kids, the newer generation to get into Star Trek. So it, I feel like that's more Sesame Street. It's like <laughs> a, a lot more accessible, mm-hmm. a lot more kid friendly, a lot more fun stuff. They have the budget for it. Right. Because Next Gen didn't really have much of a budget at first. Uh, they had to grow into their budget. Right. And so, it, it, if anything, it's a nice gateway. If, like, you want to watch a fun action movie, watch the Star Trek movies that came out, like, 10 years ago. And then if you want to get, into like, deep into it, then get into the shows. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I have no problem with them whatsoever. I know people like to make fun of them and stuff, but I, I enjoyed myself. It, it's a fun fanfare. I think I know the answer to this question. It's probably just going to be, like, episode one, Star Trek Next Generation. But yes. anyone like me... What would you say, first thing we should watch uh, out of the gate? It, it could be a movie, because there's also, like, I've still been meaning to watch Wrath of Khan as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, where where do you, where would you suggest someone start uh, if they were going to try to get into the Star Trek? Right, right, I gotcha. Well, watching the original Star Trek movies, those, those can be fun. Uh, I don't think they're absolutely necessary because you might get bogged down after a while because by the fourth one, you're like, there's whales and uh, now I've lost interest. Uh, <laughs> they're pretty good. But I, I think the best thing to do is next gen, the first episode, yeah. you start with that. You, you They go on trial and, 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 you, and you work your way through that. And I think <laughs> and then eventually you can work your way back and forwards as anywhere you want. But it's just. 
it's easy to start with Picard. Yeah. Picard, I know, is everyone's favorite and in, in a lot of ways. And that that is where I would begin for you. And then you go through the next seven seasons and then eventually you you hit Deep Space Nine. And then uh, and then you and then you can even go through the movies, you know, the, the generations if you want to. You, you can go into, you know, uh, uh, you, especially when you have to deal talk about like their history of the contact day on the day that uh, humans finally made contact with uh, extraterrestrials, with Vulcans. <laughs> And everything. So you kind of learn more of the backstory, the lore of it. But you see, now it sounds already a little bit complicated. <laughs> so you just start with Picard and then and then you and then you learn about everybody else and, and, and his like, you know, situation about like being uncomfortable around kids. And, <laughs> and then he, he has like, uh, you know, his his best friend's wife, who's a widow, right. Beverly Crusher, she's the medic, and, sh- and she comes on board, and he doesn't know how to talk to her, really, because he feels Who is strange. he good with? Just uh, people who, just me- adult men? Yes. The- <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Worf. And, and number one, uh, his number one, Riker, of course. I mean, I did actually read the autobiography of Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Nice. And, which was... Uh, at, as like I a found fictional out, autobiography, or I don't know what's real anymore because <laughs> it was all in first person, and I know it was not really written by the mm-hmm. Picard. Uh, it's safe to say, since he is a uh, Carolina, it is that is not a real spaceship. Those are <laughs> actors, right? It's a it's a set, right? <laughs> I hear it's a set, and uh, but you know, th- I learned a lot about his character and uh, about how he he grew, how he learned, how he became who he was. Because it's, if anything, it's a very inspirational thing because he makes mistakes along the way and he owns up to them and, and he learns from that. And, and, it's, and it's fun. And, and it doesn't feel like you're being lectured too much or there's yeah. too much of a moral of the story. They, they kind of drop that after a few, epi- uh, a few seasons. They kind of drop the whole drugs are bad, <laughs> which they definitely did a drugs are bad episode. Oh, fun. A very special episode of Star Trek. Yeah. So uh, you're going to have to get, get through those. And then, and then you're the going to be like, like happy about it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. That's the uh, Saved by the Bell. I remember. She gets really into the caffeine pills. Uh, I'm so excited. I just, oh, right, right. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. <laughs> All right. Let me get into Star Wars. Let's yes. see how they match up. My problem is I don't think I have a dog in this fight. I think it would be better for me to argue for Lord of the Rings, but even that has the Hobbit trilogy. And by that, I mean, um, first of all, uh, before I get into this, one, I, I know I keep asking you questions about Star Trek. I mean, is there anything that you're just like, that's like the Hobbit trilogy or the prequel trilogy of Star Trek? Is there something that's just like, oh my God, this is so bad. This is like makes the kind of brings the franchise down. It's so bad. Is there anything like that for Star Trek? Um, I I don't think so. I mean, see, I that's don't... the thing, dude. And be and so I feel like I already want to wave a white flag coming from the Star Wars side because I was just screaming to Jake again when we were doing a a, a, a recording where we were doing answering questions and someone asked, "Is there anything like?" that you, um, a topic that you maybe don't want to do or feel intimidated by. And I was like, I cannot do the prequel trilogy for Wizard and the Bruiser. I just fundamentally hate it. I think it's just bad. <laughs> I act- actually, the internet trying to make it not a bad trilogy makes me hate the internet. Like, I don't know if you've seen this, but like Re- Reddit's like attempt and like the generation, I guess, after us's attempt to be like, no, they were actually like, they were good movies. No, 
They're all bad. <laughs> Attack of the Clones is one of the worst movies I think maybe ever made, at least like big budget wise. I think it's an atrocity. I the only thing I remember really besides like Jar Jar Binks about the trilogy, the prequel trilogy, is that is just the part when I was in the movie theater and Darth Vader goes. No! Yeah. And everybody in the movie theater collectively laughed really? as we literally watched this entire franchise completely jump the shark. Oh, I, oh my God. Just so, I mean, it was a fun moment in the theater, but we were all laughing at Darth Vader, not with Darth Vader. Right, because uh, we should laugh with him. <laughs> yeah, we no, should be totally laughing with right. him. But, you know, but he only laughs at like kids getting set on fire and stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? Which is can, could be funny, I guess. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, think there's so many. And then also with Star Wars, the Star Trek, I think, how, uh, one of the things that I really loved growing up was a documentary called Trekkies. Yes. Uh, about the fandom of, of, around Star Trek. And, uh, you know, I think it kind of, made me understand something I didn't quite understand, I think, at that time of my life. And now, con culture, fan culture, I mean, it's huge and just a reality for most people. Yeah. You know, it's not this strange, like, look at these weirdos, whereas it kind of was back in the day with with Trekkies. Yeah, yeah, that was like a, like kind of a punchline for a very long time. Which is funny because now you look at it and uh, if I have to choose between being a Star Trek fan and a Star Wars fan currently, I don't know if you've been on Twitter, but uh, it's way better to be a Star Trek fan. Star Wars fans are horrible. Like, <laughs> just, just so... Just needy and complaining constantly about everything to the point where it, I think it actually had a profound effect on why the newest movie is so bad because they were like, we've got to try to please these insane people. And so they like completely like rewrote everything and did all this stuff. And um, apparently it's really diluted. I haven't seen the newest Star Wars movie. That said. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. All right. I got gotcha. you. That's my. That's my spiel about, I think, the ba- just the general overview of the problems that come along with being a Star Wars fan. But let me talk about some of the positives. Uh, I uh, definitely got into it through my older brothers. Maybe that's why I just think everybody got into everything nerdy via their older brother. Uh, he was re-watching all of the Star... I, it was when they came out. It was that sweet spot, and we still have the VHSs, Carolina. When they came out with those awesome VHSs that don't have the terrible, yes, re-added CGI, the untainted ones, the untainted love that is those VHS star, and they look cool and they're simple packaging and they are great. And so I remember between him and another friend who was like uh, super into Star Wars, I like watched all the movies as a kid and like understood why it was great and was very excited about the prequels and everything. Right. Yeah. So just always look at them. I look at new hope as kind of a perfect like film in terms of just structure script empire strikes back that perfect middle dark chapter. I love how brooding and dark and like kind of, uh, just not a popcorn blockbuster E that movie is. And yet it's like, and it's so well done. And then you've got, you know, the like Ewok happy meal third one. Right. <laughs> and that one's fun too, though. Cause it's just like a nice way. Maybe they could have done something a little more impactful with the third final one, but it's just a nice send off Ewoks. You know what I mean? I agree. Uh, Perfect, right? Just very happy, pleasant trilogy. Man, if it had just stayed that way. But we couldn't let it go, though. We That's couldn't the let thing. it go, man. 
we took it. We we're like, it was like the um of mice and men, right? <laughs> With the big man and the bunny or whatever. Oh yeah, the he puppies. Just tries to he's, pet it. he's petting the, the puppies, puppies too hard. Yeah, and he tries to love it. To, he loves it to death. Right. And that's what we did as a people, as a fandom. We loved Star Wars to death. Oh, of course. No, no. The fans always, I mean, I, I, you could say that about a lot of things. They sometimes end up ruining it for everyone else. Uh, but but the best thing to do, though, I think, is to just watch them at your pleasure. Yeah. And then avoid every message board yeah. you possibly can. I know you can't. I, I know you can't do that. I know you're, held, for some reason, contractual. You have, to, you have to get on those. What was the... Th- second of the new trilogy what was it called again i don't even know the one with the red salt uh, planet and the um you know <laughs> what i mean the man fights again or something whatever it is right uh i liked it i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> i have no cl- man salt star wars the red salt planet everyone's just like screaming i love this moment in podcasts because i just see the person in their car screaming the name of the thing <laughs> over and over again <laughs> It's not the Force. Is it the Force Awakens? That would be. That was the first one. Okay. It's Are you one, talking about the standalone one Rogue One? Because that one was exceptional. Hey, we're about to talk about the best things and just the last Jedi, right? Is that it? Okay. That might be it. Maybe that's the one <laughs> <Yes>. that you. <laughs> okay. So we're on to something. <laughs> Whatever. The second one that came out of the new trilogy, right? Okay. I got With the you. The Red Salt plan at the end and whatever. I thought it was like at the end of the day. I thought that no matter what you could say about that fucking movie, it was beautifully shot. The acting was really solid. The, you know, whether or not you take umbrage with like things that they did to change like the lore of the, of the whole thing. Right. Like whether you had an issue with that, like at the end of the day, you could say like the movie was not just like poorly made. Like let's say all of the prequel films right right yes and yet i was on my twitch and i don't even do this anymore where i'm just on twitch for hours and hours just playing video games and stuff i had my buddy jared over who was like an uber star wars nerd and we start talking about this movie and the shit people had to say about this movie was so mind-blowing like they were like it's worse than the prequel films what it's terrible everything about it's bad and i'm just like are we watching the same fucking movies here? Wow. This is insane to me. People are, and then I realized, I was like, oh, like white is black and, and, and red is blue in like Star Wars fandom. Like people, if you, if they haven't, and the reason, and they're, all their criticisms were like, the way they handled the force in the movie contradicts, or, or I think it was the, the, the physics of the spaceship <laughs> contradicted something in science, and that's why this movie's worse than Attack of the Clones. Oh, well, let's just leave Neil deGrasse Tyson out of this. Right, I was like, are <laughs> we even having the same conversation right now? And that is when I stopped talking about Star Wars to like anyone literally up until this point in my life. And that was three years ago. I'm so glad I, I opened up this box. Oh, I love this, this actually. I'm, I'm having flashbacks to all this stuff. That said, <laughs> holy shit, Rogue One, right? Whatever, let's just, almost, because of the fans, I want to forget the new trilogy. Even if I, I haven't even seen the last movie of the newer trilogy. Okay. Because I, the reactions were so over the, over the top negative. Like, I've just had it. I've had it with all the, the way that people criticize the the Star Wars thing now, right? But undeniably, man, Rogue One is the fucking shit. It is. That movie is, un- and, and I think it actually might be the best, like, of the whole thing. 
which I feel like anyone else would probably feel the way I was irate about what I just said about um, The Last Jedi. I'm sure people right now feel that way by me saying Rogue One may be the best. Like, it may, maybe like Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, Rogue One. Like, I would actually maybe order it like that. Okay, in terms of the all best. right. You know, that's very similar to uh, mine would be A New Hope, Empire, and then Rogue One. Right. So, so it's it's very similar, but it's also because it is it is so damn good. I remember when I watched it in the theaters, I went back, yeah, and then I went back again, and I couldn't stop going back to watch it. It's I had some Diego Diego Luna uh, fanaticism in me yes. at the time as well. Oh, so and, great! And it just it was just an amazing thing. I remember my parents being like, "Did you hear? A Hispanic is in the lead in the new Star Wars. We gotta <laughs> go. We gotta support. Like, yes, we should support this dying franchise. What are you talking about? Okay, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna do it. And and of course he. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know if I need spoilers to spoil for it. Rogue One. I was also gonna talk about this. So spoilers for Rogue One, right here. Uh, yeah. In the final throws ish of this podcast, though we have a lot more to talk about. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, go for it. Because I was gonna say the same thing. Let's just throw it out there. The second I realized that this was no one was gonna survive this fucking mission, I was in love. I was just like, yes, finally, especially. In a franchise where, like, no one's allowed to die, it feels like. Right. Like, oh, it was so liberating to watch each one just, mm, just poetically fall, just drop like flies. Yeah, I love the idea that they came up with, with thinking, like, why don't we have events leading up to the beginning of the first Star Wars, like, Beautiful. And, and and take us there in a in a wonderful way, and that was really that that's the thing that really I don't know who who came up with that idea, but it really clicked. And so when you get to the end, you just like start sobbing. Yes, everyone's just cheering. Yes, yeah, no one's laughing. No, everyone's having a great time, and and you're just feeling all the emotions, and that's the whole point of Star Wars is to enjoy it, which is I know it's not easy for everyone. Yeah, it's just have a good. time time with it as best you can that was the thing that was when i was like oh we're just like never gonna be on the same page when it was like if the physics of the spaceship ruined the movie for you like <laughs> i cannot even have this conversation like i thought the lighting was good right you know what i mean like i thought the cinematography was good i no part of me is thinking the spaceship wouldn't move like that. This movie sucks. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't imagine someone's night being ruined because that's a, whatever a situation. Like you don't realize how it kind of helped me gain peace with like ever debating anyone about any any art. It, just when I had a conversation with my just general chat about Star Wars, right, right, and everybody chimed in with their different opinions, and you're just like, oh, people come at art from so many different angles that are so all over the board that like there's no reason to feel insulted if someone doesn't dig that thing you dig or someone hates that thing you absolutely love. Yeah, I mean, it could be a little trying because I guess some people kind of identify in a lot of ways because of the fandom is so huge sometimes. Like yeah. They feel, they take it personally because they personally identify as being like a huge Star Wars fan or or a Trekkie or something. So right. if you're attacking something that, you, you know, they don't agree with, then they take it personally because they think they're being personally attacked. And sometimes I do feel that way a little bit, right? So, so you get it. Yeah. You're part of the problem. Oh my God. I was just about to bring up like especially since I be, I came out, I feel like I came out as a Taylor Swift, as a Swifty. Oh, right, yes. I remember Dude, that time. 
I have never received such angry, mean, just criticism about loving a musician wow. for their music. And especially a musician that like is actually on by the numbers, like really giving to charity, like their politics are really solid. I mean, we're not talking about someone who like, you know, you strangled strangled a boy or over something. the shower yes yeah yeah okay. yeah like yeah exactly there's a you know we're not talking about i hey i i my big my favorite director of all time growing up was woody allen right rarely anyone even if i say that now people are I'm, i always kind of i'm like but now it's kind of a little difficult and i don't know what to do but my dad like raised me on woody allen movies so it's always going to be a part of my you know background and like the thing i love i could get you coming after me for even just saying like i you know, was a big fan, but like T Swift, dude, I, it is crazy, bro. Well, we we stood by you Thank even you. during all those times that we had no idea that you were dealing with. <laughs> uh, so I, that I, was I so my favorite reaction too, though, which I thought was just funny, was when we were over at you guys's place and I brought up Taylor Swift and Marcus just stared off into the distance and just said, "I will never understand it." I will never understand it, it. You know what? That's his problem. <laughs> it was so funny. I'm not talking about that, though. I think that's hilarious. I, I, I mean, really weird, though, stuff. Like, people get so weird with her, I've noticed. And so there's just certain ones. Now, this is what brings me to maybe one of the last questions as I realize we're getting... Man, this flew by, Carolina. I know. I, I know. This gonna, we're going to have to do a part two in, sure. in, like, seven months when the baby can talk. We didn't even talk show. about fantasy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll get to it eventually. Here is my question to you, though. Uh, why are Trekkies not like that? Why are they? I mean, unless I'm, you know, not aware, they seem to kind of just be awesome. Well, you know, there are a few who do complain about things about the <laughs> movies or or Discovery uh-huh. or the new Picard or something because right. it's not exactly the way they want it. But I think mo- overall mostly we just we just watch it and if we like it, we keep going or if we don't like it, we still keep going. Uh-huh. But we just don't complain too much about it cuz I I'll, I'll, I'll keep watching it anyways. And I I think it's it's about inclusivity. Mm-hmm. It's about it, introducing different points of views. Yeah. And maybe that might be uh cuz Star Wars deals more in absolutes. And so maybe that might be uh, the difference overall. At least I'm generalizing completely. No, but I think you're right. I totally think you're right because I did I didn't click on it until just now because I I realized in talking about it like how much I feel about the Star Wars fandom and how I feel like they're it's very toxic in my opinion. Like I think it's just a very weird ag- aggressively in like mean Fan. Now I'm not talking about like if you're a Star Wars fan, you're listening to this. I'm not like talking about you specifically, but you have to admit, like Star Wars Twitter is can be fucking pretty weird and volatile, and people have like angry opinions about like the Star Wars films they love or hate. Even me talking about the prequels, I like am so I you know and it, it flames on the side of my face. Like I'm fucking <laughs> freaking out like talking about the prequels, and, and I, that's something I didn't even think I cared about. But when I start talking about how bad I think they are, I think that's more me hating internet cute i hate internet cute and i feel like internet cute came for the prequels and tried to be like no the prequels are actually really fun you guys just don't remember you just think they're bad and it's like no internet cute no reddit i'm sorry they're not good you can't just say they're good movies and like us just pretend like they're good movies uh but the mandalorian's fucking awesome okay so you know what that we can actually end on <laughs> I agree Baby with you Yoda on that. Rules. Now that Baby is Yoda a rules. fun Western. And I think the Star Trek fans are legit 
the shit. And kudos to all y'all. Y'all make me want to watch the show and become a Star Trek fan, uh, way more than a Star Wars fan. Maybe a little bit of advice, maybe, or a suggestion. Sure. Uh, more of a suggestion. How about, um, have you have you ever tried to watch, I don't know why I'm going to ask you to do this. <laughs> have you ever tried to watch the prequels oh, and find how dare you. the entertainment behind it? Or a, it's so the bad, it's good? The second movie is so boring. <laughs> it is like unbelievable. That's actually the worst thing about, that's like the worst thing you could say about it. I, I could see how the first one with the cart, with the racing, yeah. you know what I mean? And all that. And the second one was like decent. The middle movie I just don't think there's anything you could say about it that is positive. The acting is bad. It's all in front of green screens. The the it is so terrible. It's like space diplomacy. No one cares. It is like I I remember having like to pause the movie multiple times and get up and just be like, what is even? What am I watching? And this was like as a kid. You know what? As a little kid, you shouldn't watch them. <laughs> I, I I totally. I'm gonna take that back. God, I've you shouldn't spent- watch them. But what you should do, though, I think you and, and Lexi, especially during your paternity time when you're, you're helping put the baby to sleep or something, I, I think maybe you should start with A New Hope and then you should end. You should end at the end of the third one. And then you just just close your laptop and then you walk away and take a, take a nice long walk. I think turn on Netflix and start watching the first episode of The Next Generation. I'm going on this paternity leave. There you go. It's perfect timing for it. As yeah. much as I am supposed to be exhausted all the time and this, that, and the other, apparently there is a lot of downtime where you're literally just holding a baby. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think this might be my time to do it. And if that happens, I guarantee... A Star Trek The Next Generation episode on Wizard and the Bruiser Ooh. with Carolina in 2021. Let's make it happen. Okay, cool. Yes, that's what we'll do. We'll pick it up right where we left off. Perfect. And and I'm okay, so just just avoid a bunch of movies. <laughs> and then you'll be fine. Get some parental controls. I I, I know that you're gonna be fine in the long run. You and Picard are gonna end up babying that child and, and, and raising it the right way, the Trekkie way. Fantastic. I love it. The next generation. Oh my God. That makes <laughs> sense. Next, yeah, the next generation. That makes child. Sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to go. But yes, definitely check out Wizards and Bruiser. I know you're going on paternity leave, but you know, We'll see you again. We'll be back. Please. I, I'll bring anytime. in all my notes, my charts. I was so happy you invited me to do this. Thank you so much for having me, Carolina. Absolutely. I, I'm so glad. I, next time, um, I'll, I'll just remember to record for two hours because <laughs> this is what we're going to have to do now. But thank <laughs> sure. you so much, Hold It. Hell yeah. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.